the curse of the devil. Exorcism, a sacrifice. Blessing or bestiality. The curse of the devil. Satan in control of the body and the mind. My love will destroy the creation. I swear that you will find Welcome to a special little mini-interview episode of the Nashy Cast. I am Rod Barnett. I'm Troy Gwynn. And uh, sadly, Troy was not around to help me with this interview. Uh, that would have only made it longer. Uh, <laughs> and more about me. And more about Troy, of course. Oh, don't worry, you get talked about, Troy. Don't, <laughs> I'm sure. Don't, don't worry at all. My ears were burning, yes. They should have been. Uh, at Monster Bash this year, I, I had the opportunity to sit down and talk to... Uh, a longtime fan of the podcast, Mike Dottino, who uh, was uh, was visiting Monster Bash for the first time, and uh, we took a, about uh, 45 minutes to sit down and talk for a little while with the recorder on, and it was just a kind of a, a meeting of the minds of two Nashy fans, and I had asked Mike, knowing that he was going to be there, to come prepared with a list of, say, three or five of his favorite Paul mm-hmm. Nashie films mm-hmm. so that he could uh, reel them off and give us his reasons for why mm-hmm. he loves these particular films. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are not uh, all that surprising. Uh, you know, wh- who's going to put together a favorite Nashie list and not have Horror Rises from the Tomb uh, on it? They, they might have been banned from the show for life if they hadn't. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair point. They really have to explain themselves. They would. But he does have a couple of surprises mm-hmm. in his list of favorite Nashie films. So... I think you will find this uh, this a pretty entertaining interview. Uh, we would be remiss, though, if we did not take the opportunity to tell you folks that, hey, news is out mm. there. Brand new Paul Nashy Blu-rays, oh, yeah. folks. Yes. As of July the 22nd of this fine year of 2019, Scorpion Releasing is putting out the first of what purports to be three new Nashy Blu-rays. They're coming out first with... <sighs> Hold your breath, folks, because Rod is about to uh, uh, Rod is about to hyperventilate. <sighs> They're coming out with the Mummy's Revenge or mm. Vengeance of the Mummy, whichever title you want to use. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, of course, Paul Nashie's one foray into mm. playing a mummy, mm-hmm. and um, it's my second favorite mummy film mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. I think it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even Troy has oh, to admit a, that it's a good uh, film. I do, I do, and I do not enjoy this film very much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 going to be a good one. But they're see. putting it out uh, for sale on July the twenty second. Uh, hopefully, by the time you hear this, uh, it'll still be on sale because they are only pressing fifteen hundred copies of the Blu Ray. Clearly, they're not sure how well this is going to sell. And I would say, not that I've heard anything like this, I'm just suspecting with that low a print run. They're suspecting that they will have trouble selling even 1,500 copies of this. I think they're going to sell the thing out. I feel out. like it's going to. I do, too. I think it is, too. I think they're probably going to sell this thing out because this will be the first time this particular film has ever been put out on Blu-ray. And uh, they've got a few extras. Troy Howarth has contributed a commentary mm-hmm. track. There's yep. some liner notes by Merrick Lipinski. And I think there's a couple of trailers. And I think they're, they're saying they actually have two different cuts of the film yeah. on the Blu-ray, which is... Very exciting. Are the head um, smashing and the non-head smashing one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think both versions probably have the, the head, head smashing. smashing. <laughs> I think that they they might have been able to find 
uh, possibly a low res version of some of the nude scenes. Mm. So mm. if so, that's yeah. that's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, grab it while you can. Yeah. I don't know how long it will actually be available. So keep it in mind, as of July 22nd, that's uh, the Monday after when we're recording, This will, it will go on sale, and then once they're gone, apparently they're gone. Remember, uh, depending on how well these sell, we'll know how quickly Scorpion mm-hmm. uh, gets a fire lit under them to get mm-hmm. their, uh, the other two films that they have the rights to out. The other two they have the rights to are Fury the Wolfman, and Assignment Terror. Yeah. And so we want those to come out as well mm-hmm. with some extras and, jo- and joyous yes, fun yes. funds. Somebody please explain Fury of the Wolfman. Hopefully we'll be able to, <laughs> to finally make sense of that. Oh, just. man. <laughs> if, if somebody gets to do a commentary track on that and it can actually explain that film, <laughs> I, I, there will be... Honestly, I'll send a bouquet of roses. We will just settle for a different definition of Kimatrodes. A, a de- <laughs> Kimatrodes. Kimatrodes. <laughs> oh, what, what's the other crazy word? I just uh, oh, the, well, Pentagon, or was that the other? No, no, no. Uh, I, well, no. Here's the thing. What, what's What's funny is I should remember this because uh, just recently, uh, Hello, This Is the Doom Show did an mm. episode and they covered their first. Well, yeah, they covered their right. first national, and, and they covered Fury the Wolfman. <laughs> Yeah, and they did a they did a bang up job. They had oh, they a lot did, of fun yeah. with it, but at the same time, there there there's, there are moments in the show where they clearly just seem to get lost in just mm. repeating chemotropes. They they've, they've, they've kind of looped out just a tad bit, and they have a lot of fun with the movie because they do love it. But at the same time, they're they're very much like us. They're still puzzled by many things in that film. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I did I did yeah. like that they described the uh, the basement of lunatics as a basement of hippies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being attacked by by plant monsters. <laughs> like, yes, yes, and no one knows why. Yeah. <laughs> no one will ever know why. I'm open to theories, but um, hopefully, you know, the fear, if they get if if Scorpion continues on and puts out uh, Fury of the Wolfman, maybe we'll get. Hopefully their their disc will have both mm, versions of the film. There yeah, there are at least yeah. two cuts that are available of that film out there. So right. oh, please a, a non dark to the point of oh, invisibility yeah, copy would God. be really sweet on that one. Plus, speaking of mummies, Assignment Terror, while not being a perfect film, has a th- a throwdown monster battle. At the yes, end the monster the battles are yeah. very good in this film, and uh, and the mummy is a really interesting uh, take on the mummy as far as how they did the makeup. He's really one yeah. of the cooler looking mummies, and film is very interesting looking. Yeah. Oh and, oh, and also, we should mention that later this summer, in, um, I think, August or September, the long-awaited next Nashi Blu-ray from Mondo Macabro will be coming out. Yes, for the first time in the United mm-hmm. States, and the first time in an English-friendly legal release, Yes, Paul Nashi's film The Beast and the Magic Sword from 1983 is coming to Blu-ray from yeah. Mondo Macabro. Man. You may now stand oh, up listen, and cheer. The, oh man, the trumpets, trumpets, all oh, that, man. This, yes, this is a monumental release here, folks. And uh, the 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 good news is that it's coming out. The slightly less awesome news is that Troy and I, <laughs> yeah, are once again on a mono macabro disc. We have contributed mm-hmm. a commentary track for Beast and the Magic Sword, uh, of which I can say we're very proud. Mm-hmm. I was going to say it just proved that people never really learn lessons and all. They give us more. You know, <laughs> they give us, us more, work. more work. They're, but no, they're insane. But no, this is great because this is where we all started with Mondo Macabro. The first one we ever got was given to us uh, the, the, for the Inquisition Blu-ray. Was our first commentary was given to us by the good folks at Mondo Macabro, yep. and, and so we are very pleased that they thought of us again to do, especially this one, which should excite all Nashi fans. Uh, oh and, yes. Uh, and uh, so yeah, we did the we our audio commentary will be on there. So yeah, and I do feel like we 
I, but the difference between now and that first audio commentary in terms of what we've learned is yeah. Is well, I think we've 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 gotten better at it because yeah. through if nothing else practice. But mm-hmm. um, I think that the film itself, even if there were no extras on it, the film oh. and the print that they yes, have gotten yes. of this, this mm-hmm. is a gloriously beautiful print. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, folks, this is. The Nashi, this is the Nashi release that's going to blow everybody's mind. I think so too. Of course, I'm I'm most excited about the mummy's the mummy's revenge just mm. because uh, I I I haven't spent the past, mm. I haven't spent a couple of months, uh, you know, going through Beast of the, I mean uh, uh, the mummy's revenge, you know, scene by scene, line by line, yeah, like I have with Beast of the Magic Sword. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, both of them are coming out. It's a very good thing. That means at least two new Nashi Blu-rays out mm-hmm. as of 2019. Oh man, fingers crossed for more later in the year. Who knows? Maybe Scorpion will will uh, get mm-hmm. their, their other yeah. two out before the end of the year as yeah. well. They're notoriously uh, quick and silent about their release dates. They mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. they just announce, oh so, hey, yeah. look, it's coming, and then <laughs> yeah. it's out yeah. there. Yeah. So. Uh, Jump on the uh, Mummy's Revenge as soon as you can in July, and then uh, you know hopefully everybody who wants one can get one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with only fifteen hundred in the world, I Bad. don't know if that's going to be true. Yeah. And then uh, don't forget later this summer, Mono Macabro will put out the first. They'll put out the limited edition, which will have a, a I think a, a I think it'll have a couple extras inside the limited edition that the uh, later standard edition won't have. I think that generally boils down to a pretty cool book with a bunch of liner notes inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, man, Beast of the Magic Sword, The Mummy's Revenge, on Blu-ray, 2019. We are still living in wonderful, nasty yes, times. We are. Yes, we are. <sighs> and, of course, Mondo Macabro also putting out um, Killer of Dolls. Yes, that, which has your commentary, you and uh, Robert Monell. Right, yeah, I, Robert Monell and I did a commentary for uh, the Mondo Macabro release, Killer of Dolls, which is a, a surrealistic, rather strange horror film from mm-hmm. uh, 1975. Uh, a very interesting film. Also, this is a, that disc is the first time that, a, that, that Mondo is putting two commentary tracks on it. The one Mr. Monell and I did is on there, but also one from the great Cat Ellinger. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. very excited to hear what she has to say about that film, uh, which is a truly intriguing film. Right, man, Mondo Macabro, yeah. they just seem to be plumbing the Spanish horror depths these days, and they're doing some mm-hmm. really good work. And I, could, I couldn't be happier You'd to be able to I almost think those involved. guys know this, something about the subject. You know, <laughs> you'd, you'd think Pete Toombs had some, kind, has of some kind of information. Has some kind of information on that. But listen, you... you um, I was gonna say, speaking of selling out, man, that that limited edition of that sold the hell out. Oh, and I know. So, so that makes me think, if that sold that fast, I, I gotta say, Vengeance of the Zombies. I mean, Vengeance of the Mummy, excuse me, is going to sell yeah. quickly. I would think so. <sighs> well, all right, folks. I tell you what, we're gonna do. We're gonna go ahead and let you get to the uh, interview I did with Mike Tatino, a mm-hmm. fan of the show and a mighty, mighty Nashy fan. And so, uh, we'll uh, let you clue into that, and then we'll uh, talk to you a little bit when that is over. So. Over to you, me. Did that sound awkward? That's kind of weird. Like saying over to me, over to you. Only slightly narcissistic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very lucky today to actually be in the presence of someone who I've only known through the interwebs. <laughs> someone who's been very kind to the show and has been listening to it for a number of years. 
uh, which is which is great. It means we don't run everybody off. Uh, today I am joined by Mike Tutino. How are you doing, Mike? Very well, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. So you came to Monster Bash. This is where we finally got to eyeball each other. So tell me, uh, this, your, this is your first time to come to the bash? First bash will not be the last. No, no, no. It's a, it's a blast. There's so many. It, it, it's it's the, the people you meet. It's the things. It's, I mean, yeah, of course, the dealer's room is wonderful. And the programming can be a blast. But mostly it's just the camaraderie of all the people that are here and loving the same stuff. Yeah. We're sitting right around here the other night. And everybody's talking about... It's like you're talking to yourself. It's hard yeah. to find people that enjoy this stuff face to face. I mean, God help us without the internet. I don't know where I would be with my interests. You know, you find out so much just by hearing this and referring to that. But I was sitting there and I'm talking to Derek and I'm talking to Dominique Lanzies and I hear a voice behind me. I'm like, that's Gang Green. And I didn't even, you know, I've never oh, met him before. Yes. And it was like, I know the voice. So it's like podcast in 4D. <laughs> it's which, and I'm guilty on Facebook. I don't usually put my face as the uh, profile picture for no other reason than I don't know why. Man of mystery and all that. And it was very, I don't want to say comforting, but it was cool just to see faces that we really do exist. Well, the, the weirdest thing for me years ago, the first time after we'd been doing the show, was Troy and I came came up together one year. And there were people who were recognizing Troy's voice mm. across the room. He would be saying something, and they would go, "Oh, that's that's the guy from Nashikassen." There was that little twinge of uh, of anger at the moment. Go, "Hey, what about me? What about me?" But no, it's like Troy's the one with a really resonant voice, and he's the one that people. They are always say me. Rod and Troy, settle down. No, no, no. no. They, all they said was, "I recognize that voice. That's the guy from the Nashikassen." Oh, okay. And I'm hearing them say this, and I'm looking over, and they're looking right at Troy, and I'm going, "Yeah, me, me too. We love you, Rod." <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, tell me something. Um, what was your path to uh, to watching watching Paul Nashie films the first time around? Well, the first Paul Nashie movie I ever saw, yeah, was Horror Express. <laughs> I was convinced you and a lot of other people convinced yeah. that that was him. I had heard the name. You know, we all have the same horror movie books and see the name and yeah. it's not the kind of thing where I grew up that they showed on any sort of but it's all your fault when you get right down to it I would listen to 1951 Down Place okay yeah and you ran a promo and something in the promo made me want to check out the show so you did something right or wrong depending on your point of view <laughs> so I started at the beginning, and luckily I got in right at the time before the stuff went out of print. So the oh, first yeah. one I ever saw, I started at the beginning. I picked up uh, Frankenstein's Bloody Terror for retail price. Thank that goodness. now. Because that one went out of print about the second year we were doing the show, mm -hmm. yeah. And that was the first one, and honest to God, right away I was hooked. Right away I was hooked. I mainline your episodes up to that point. I can't remember where you were. We weren't too far into it. Maybe a dozen shows. Um, that was the first one and just let my fingers do the walking and learned about the guy. And My initial reaction was, you know what, I don't even want to say it, but that he bears a certain resemblance to someone. Well, 
yeah. Well, I, honestly, that's that's a lot. A lot of people say the same thing, and it's a natural enough thing because there aren't a lot of people who have that specific build, and uh, they're, they're, there's a similarity to their facial features. So that's not a surprise. But uh, one has a facility for comedy, and the other does not. By the way, we yes, I discovered that. Uh, <laughs> There, hey, there are things I like in, in Operation Mantis. Oh, yeah. I like seeing the, the goofy outfits that uh, Nashi gets into, mm-hmm. and I love watching Julia Sally oh, in that incredible geez. outfit. I was going to say I'd watch her sleep, but that sounds creepy. Uh, it does sound creepy, but I also agree with you. Oh, so, yeah. 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 So that was the first, and then I kind of just, wherever I could pick up here and there, and I'm glad I found you when I did, because like we were just talking about, when that stuff went out of print, it went out of print fast. fast. You're right, man. Because I remember going to Best Buy, and I would see the two-packs, and I'd be like, who is this guy? And the first two-pack I bought was the uh, Night of the Werewolf, and Vengeance of the Zombies, I think, was the two-pack of Best Buy. I might have I'd, have to go, I'd have to go back and look, but yeah. That's what the Blu-ray is, but anyhow, but this yeah. is before Blu-ray. And every one of those movies... I find joy in whether it's I mean we all know these aren't Academy Award actually who cares Academy Awards crap they're monster movies they're monster movies plain and simple they make me smile exactly it's where I was born and bred you know and there's always something there and what I really started to enjoy when I would see the same faces yep when you pick up his little repertory company actors that were clearly people that could be counted on mm-hmm. and that you know they'd be in a really different role from film to film and yeah uh, I'm a big big fan of Louis Sidges aren't we all in just the way sometimes you don't even recognize him I know we just look in the end credits and like where the hell was well, he you yeah, gotta yeah, back yeah. it up and look well I mean, we just did uh, this, uh, Dracula Saga mm-hmm. and he's the Bible so the religious fanatic Bible salesman in it and he's got this huge, this huge, big, long beard, but like no mustache. That's, that's the face. him. That's Louis Sidges. I'm not kidding, man. That's I knew him. you were doing that episode, so I, I luckily got that one. Yeah, that, yeah, that was another so one of the out of print BCI discs. I'll be yeah. checking that one out because usually, if I own the movie, I try to watch it first and then listen to you guys. Even because at this point, I've seen them all. Well, so, Dracula Saga has got. I mean, it's Maria Costi, Helga Linné. That's my. That's my crush, Maria Costi. Really? That's my. <laughs> well, and some... Helga's a goddess, but oh, well, you know, like the one you take home, the one you marry, the one you do things to. Maria Costi would be all the above. Well, you're gonna you're, you're gonna get some joy out of the Dracula saga then. So. <laughs> oh, I've seen it. Well, then you're gonna get some joy out of it I'm again. Gonna, I'm gonna rewatch it. <laughs> joy will be all around. But you're right about the the faces and getting to see, uh, even in the films, like I say, like with Dracula Saga, even in the films that are just Spanish horror films but Nashi had no no connection to, so many of those actors would pop up in these movies. And that's why we were so thrilled when we discovered, uh, like, the uh, Santo Meets Dr. Death film that was... That was my first Santo. That was your first one? That was my first one. You did that to me. I've actually, hey, I have to I'm, go I'm pick up a couple then. before I leave, so. Oh, man, go go hit Juan's table because holy crap. Oh, when were you done? Recommend something to me so I start oh, a good place. Just, I, I can recommend stuff, but honestly, just let Juan because yeah. he'll guide you right through. He gave me yesterday um, Ship of Monsters, but that's not Santo. No, but it is completely crazy. Yeah. It's insane, man. That's what I want. 
That's what I want. But I'm a batshit aficionado. So we we introduced you to Santo. That's a, that's amazing because I you introduced me to Nashi. You introduced me to Santo. The only thing I don't think you introduced me to is Victor Israel. But I'm part of the club where he just. He's something else. Once you see that guy's face, you start seeing him pop up in all these little roles, and it just becomes impossible to ignore him because he's a freaking chameleon. You never know what he's going to play. Yeah. And so, when he, uh, God, and White Comanche when he pops up as that uh, that hired assassin. I bought that because of you. He bought White Comanche. It's possible to buy it. Yeah, that's a Shatner one, right? Yeah. So what? It was uh, oh that it got demand. put out. Okay. It was a DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You've cost Sony? me a lot of money, Rodney. Hey, it's not my fault. <laughs> you should have more willpower, Mike. I, I thank you. Because the joy that this man, and by association, Spanish horror. I never touched Spanish horror except for the Blind Dead. Which is... Wait, Blind Dead should be a gateway drug, but a lot of people just stop right there with the Blind Dead. Uh, they know those four films. I did. And that's all they know. I did. That's all I knew. Yeah. I would always, you know, Italian stuff because it was so available. I worked yeah. video stores until I was until they were gone, basically. And you could always pick up Fulch, you could always pick up Baba, Argento, Argento. Yeah, the, the obvious stuff. And he, even weirdly enough, even some of the uh, the eighties uh, like the the uh, the stuff mm-hmm. would show up yeah. uh, with like weird title changes and stuff like that. So yeah, this was like a whole new area because to be honest, I had pretty much mined everything. You know, the big titles, Argento. So this was a whole new. <laughs> and I'm so happy I found it. Well, um, we've covered on the show. We've covered more than 50 Nashi films. We kind of lost, kind of lost count because we had some episodes that we numbered as a regular show. And then the point fives. And yeah, yeah. Well, the point fives. We're trying to figure out. We, we finally turned those into. But I mean, if you look at it, it's like we've done a little, little more than 50 Nashi films. And uh, I asked you when I knew we were going to get to talk. I was like, "What are your, you know, like, what are your three or five favorite Paul Nash films?" And this is a favorite, not what you consider best. The best, because those are sometimes a different list. For me, it usually is a different list. Yeah. Um. All right. In no particular order. Fine. Horror rises from the tomb. Of course. Because there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. It's got everything in it. It's got everything in it in ways that you're not expecting. It's a fever dream, and it's amazing. And when you find, you guys told me how he wrote it. Yeah, and it shows. He it was really very, he, he was very upfront about it in, in his memoir. He didn't, he didn't hide how it got written. So yeah, that has zombies. It has sort of vampires, but not. It's got Helga, which is always a joy. Well, well it also has Emma Cohen. So I just want to like hug her. She, Everybody her eyes, she just looks like you want to take care of her. When we started if she died in that movie, I would have been so pissed. Thank God she lived. The, the, when we started researching her life uh, and found out that she'd been uh, on Spanish, the Spanish Sesame Street, she'd done, she played Big Bird for a couple of years in the late 70s because she was just, I mean, you start finding out and then she wrote novels and she did, she uh, directed stage plays. You find out about this woman's screen, you're, you're like, oh my God, there were so many reasons to really love this woman. Mm-hmm. And it's not, not just because she's this beautiful ingenue on screen, which of course she was yeah. for like a decade plus, but. She had balls, basically. She, she, and, she, and, she, and she went and did what the hell she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. 
It was. It, it's amazing. It's yeah. it's amazing. So a hard rises from the tomb is is man. It, That's got to be on everybody's. List. If you're going to make a top three and that one's not in there, I'm trying to figure out what why if, who are what are you, you what are you slotting yeah. into that in that position? A lie. Yeah. Uh, two. We'll go with the Daninsky. I adore Night of the Werewolf. Understand. Um. I have a thing for Nashi when he has the beard. It's it's healthy, most, yeah. healthy. He's a good-looking man. He is. <laughs> he is. And that movie, again, because I know the back story, thanks to you, I or he didn't always feel like even the his best directors didn't get it. Right. The fact that he had the opportunity to do it the way he wanted to do it. I feel like we really got. He was able to put out there what was in his head in the purest form with the Daninsky stuff. So, do you, do, when you when you uh, have you ever done a side by side back to back viewing of of <laughs> Werewolf Shadow and Night of the Werewolf? Just to, because it, it's it kind of instructive at times, and it I, I've gone back and forth and back and forth on which I prefer. And it's because there are things that I think are better in each one. Right. There are elements. There are uh, some things that Kamowski did as a director that I think are incredibly effective. I think that some of the some of the slow mo shots in Werewolf Shadow are some of the creepiest Spanish horror oh, yeah. moments in, oh, yeah. ever put on screen. But at the same time, Nashi's first of all the lush cinematography of Night of the Werewolf. The, you know, thank you. You know, you, thank goodness that was that's one of the first films you get. You, we got to see in high def. Yeah. Because it really pays off. That that is a beautifully shot movie, and there's so much about it. All the the scenes that seem to be lit by candlelight, mm-hmm. the the locations are all fantastic. But if you, it, it, there are so many things in both movies to prefer. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you obviously you fall on Night of the, Night of the Werewolf, which is completely valid, of course. Mm-hmm. But that's today. It could be something. You know, I could I could flip flop to Werewolf Shadow. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you, we don't even we don't even have, we don't have a Blu-ray of it yet. You got Julia Sally. Right. We don't we don't have a Blu-ray of that one yet. Yeah. And, the, and 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 I'm thinking I'll tell you this: once we start getting Blu-rays, a Werewolf Shadow, Doctor Jekyll and the Wolfman, mm-hmm. and um, a couple of other like Curse of the Devil. That's when we're gonna start. That's when we're gonna start to be able to actually sit down and do a real star yeah, evaluation because we've got we've got werewolf and the yeti. There's no forgiving got, or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, it's like no. Now we have it all as things good as we can see it. You know, and I think that's that's exciting. I, I'm you know fingers crossed that that happens as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, the the joy of having it's such a rare thing to have a filmmaker uh, who's actually the creator of the character remake his own story mm-hmm. almost a decade after the fact well really a decade after the fact and have it be his vision I mean, a much more pure sure. version of what he, he considered it pure. to be his vision and that, that allows us thank God because I think both films are classics mm-hmm. you're allowed to compare and contrast I think it's, it's such a rare opportunity in the horror genre especially yeah because you know horror is rife with remakes but not the same not people the, yeah. making the same you story. You might see a name attached, you know, John Carpenter. With, yeah, he, maybe he's an executive but producer, he's, but he's not involved. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's the getting a guy. Um, so, yeah, that one really does it for me. Let's see, another one. Probably one that you wouldn't expect, but okay. it, it hits all of... I have certain buttons. Okay. Okay. 
compared to the zombies. You're right, I wouldn't expect that. A lot of people put that way down on the list. That one, I'm a sucker for an actor playing multiple roles. Okay, so well, that you got three of them. Yeah, check, check box so there, yeah. There's a check box. I'm a sucker for masks. So the fact that the killer changes his mask every time he does something. Right. I'm a sucker for voodoo. Understandable, so, and that's your, that's your only Nashy voodoo film, so yeah. I love, in any film, probably going back to the werewolf, the whole mythology, you know, the poem that sets the thing. Like, yep. So that this convoluted one where it's like, if you're going to raise a female, you need the male blood. And da, 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 da. I love that complicated horseshit. I love that. The, the stuff put in place to complicate the actions within the screenplay. Yeah, it's awesome. But that one especially has a lot of little... I don't even know if they were intentional or not. But it's things that stand out. First of all, I could start at the beginning. The couple that live next to the graveyard. Yeah. She's a raving bitch. And a bit of a loon. Yeah. She's a little crazed. Yeah. yeah. I feel sorry for the husband. Yeah. But little things like... I'm going to jump around, but like... When do you see someone get killed with a can? Oh, the I morgue. know. That's crazy. And then the slow-mo flip. Yeah. That, got, that, uh, that, that slow-mo bit at the end... I'm... I don't think we talked about this when we covered that film. The more I think about that scene, I think that that was... Un- I don't think that that was planned. I think that was unintentionally captured as they were filming the end of the sequence. But it's got and that it, sound and, effect. But, and in editing, I think they went, we got we to gotta keep this. Yeah. we got to keep this. That one's got... Vic Winter sitting in the office, smokes a cigarette, just throws it on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And then he's sitting there with his glasses in his pocket and the... The arm of the glasses is just sticking straight out. <laughs> Which yeah. in any other film they would have, they'd have gone mm-hmm. over and like pushed that down pushed and then shot it again, but no. Um, and I don't know in my head what Louis Sidges again. When when he turns into in the dream sequence, I swear to God it reminds me of Groucho. It's really? Big glasses. Look at it next time. Maybe oh it reminds my. me of the Groucho and Terror train. But his face cracks me up. And forget that okay. dream sequence with Murta Miller, gold paint, stirred yeah. with a bone. I haven't rewatched that film. Now, now it's I gotta go back so and rewatch it. It's so full of yeah. little crazy things. Crazy things. The, the mummy yeah. shots, mask, like with the. That was, such, the a, that was such a weird choice. Oh my god, what a weird choice. That's what I'm saying. It's I just mean, got it, all these it little. Kinda, it kind of works, but the minute why? you step back from it, you think of why the hell did you make that choice? Why did that happen? Another little bit when. Uh, Krishna's crossing the street uh-huh. and you see Nash you come out like from a yard and he starts to come out and then he goes back in the hall. Have you ever noticed that? He's oh, crossing the street. I really now do have to go back and rewatch this. He's like, I can't remember you that. You can tell that they just filmed it with no permission whatsoever. It's like he was like in a between two houses, say. Okay. And he starts to walk out, you can like see a leg, then it stops, and then he comes out. Okay. You've gotta, gotta go back, go back and, and look. I do have to go back and look for that. It's, You're right. It's hilarious. It's like Action and he maybe he didn't hear or something happened. You gotta missed a cue or something. Yeah. yeah, that movie's rife with little things like that. The only thing, if I could change one thing about that movie, sure. Spoiler alert: my girl gets shot at the end. If she <laughs> lived and took over the voodoo cult, <laughs> then it would be a favorite film. Then it would film be period, even right? higher. <laughs> 
Maria. Sorry. Oh, no, no. That's, that's, that's quite all right. It, everybody has. There are, when you start talking about the, uh, the female actors who worked in Spanish horror in the Golden Age, oh, um, there are two big camps that revolve around Helga Linné and um, uh, Emma Cohen. Mm-hmm. There are s- just slightly smaller ones that work around Patty Shepard mm-hmm. and uh, Maria Costi. And then there are all these other little, little I mean, there are all these, all these women, Basteba, uh, uh, Ruiz, and uh, there, there are a number of them. <laughs> Julius Ali is, up, is, is fairly well up there, but you have to be, you have to really be paying attention to the Nazi films and really, really paying attention. But there's, there are these cult followings of these actors. And in every instance where, where, you, where you see these, these lustful glances that we all give to these women, and there's always this, this, this thought. It's like, I wonder if there's another movie out there where, where she gets naked again. <laughs> I'm just, I'm curious. I mean, I'm happy with what we have. Oh, I'm thrilled. But, but, but there could be more, right? Yeah. It's, it's, there's a, there's a... And they're not just, I can't. No, that's, that's actually good. There are some doing. in these movies, like, you know, just forgettable. But they bring it. Yep. You know, and if they didn't bring it, the movies would collapse. Oh, Rosanna Yanni? I forgot about Rosanna oh Yanni. How can I forget Rosanna Yanni? Oh, there's a big, there, that's a big one shame there. Shame on us. Think, of, think about that. Think about that. She's, first of all, her performance, she has such a wonderful performance in Hunchback of the Moor. And she sells those scenes. She's incredibly sympathetic and believable in her job. Mm-hmm. There's not there's not a point where you're going. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I've got to call bullshit on this woman yeah. being a doctor. I'm just I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. No, she's really good at doing this. And so, uh, yeah. This is a. Uh, uh, well, well here's mm-hmm. the thing. Speaking of uh, Hunchback of the Moor, over the I've always loved Hunchback. And more and more, uh, well, the one and two positions for me fluctuate between um, Our Rise from the Tomb and Hunchback. Mm-hmm. And what puts it what puts Hunchback over for me is not just Nashie's uh, really sympathetic performance, but that insane monster at the end. Oh my God, yeah. Which is one of the best things in any horror movie ever. That movie up to one certain point, yeah. you think you know what you're going to see. And you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you're wrong. You're just yeah. you're flat out wrong. No matter what you imagine the first time you watch that movie, when that thing knocks that door down and shambles out into that room, that is not what you thought you were going to no. see. That one I had to... Picked up the Maya DVD, so and I'm I. like, "Yeah, hey, this it, is it, good." It, it had the commentary track on it, and that is a major plus. But then once I saw it on the Shell Factory stuff, Screen Factory, yeah, it's, wow, it's well. First of all, they did a great, they did a great job with with those with all ten of those films, and we're, I was talking about this last night with someone else. We are continuing to live in a world of riches. With Nashi coming out on Blu-ray, we are living in. I mean, I would never. When we started the show, I would never have thought there'd be a point where we would have. What is it? We're getting close to 15 Nashi films on Blu-ray here in the states. Between those, something like that. There's the the, 15, the, the Shout Factory. That's 10. Then yep. you got Vampire. You got, I mean, you got Count Dracula's Great Love. Mm-hmm. You've got. Uh, I mean, we can even count Crimson if you want to. Uh, you've got. Uh, got Victor Israel. Yeah, well, well, yeah, exactly. And you, I mean, then we've got Inquisition. We've oh got uh, El Comandante. 
And so, uh, and we've got uh, at least three more that are in the can. We're just waiting for Scorpion oh, slash on, Code Red to get them out. And every time I go on Facebook, I'm like, please, let, let this be the day. Yeah. yeah, let this be the... I mean, and we know they're not going to just... They're not, not, not going to announce it, and then we know when they're coming out, they're just going to show up. They're just going to come out, and everybody will see the, the, the notices on the web, and everybody will go, oh, thank God, we can order them. I'm relieved it's not Code Red. When it's... Because Scorpion is much better, yeah. much, much, in much better position to handle this stuff, I think. So, oh, so where should we go from there? The one that I had no no idea about at all was El Caminante. I had never heard of it. That's true of all of us, I, was, I think. When I was like trying to find stuff, I saw the poster, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Which I now own. <laughs> the wife won't let me hang it up, but I do own the poster. That's a first of all, yeah. That's a that's a chancy one. That's gonna have to go in the that's gonna have to go in the man cave or the or the uh, upstairs bedroom or well, something. The, yeah. the man cave has a door, and behind the door right now there's a Spanish Salem's Lot poster, which is there because she wouldn't let me hang up the old But Anyhow, <laughs> love you, Erica. Um, I know you guys have said the same thing. I don't want to repeat, but. More people need to see that movie. Yeah. That's flat-out genius. You're laughing. It's a great film. It's just... Yeah. I was stunned by that. I wasn't even excited to watch it because I'm like... It just sounds contrived. The devil on earth. Yeah. But, wow. It works so well. And it's... uh, yeah, that you, you can see uh, where he had to work around uh, some budgetary constraints, and it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. the, the path chosen is just ingenious. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the script is incredibly intelligent, bite, as you were just saying, bitingly funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, that You will get a lot of actual laughs out of it, and then the laughs become a bit more rueful, and you start to be concerned about the humor further in you go. Yeah, you're like, should I be laughing at this? Exactly. It's uh, I've I know, I've said it from the from the moment we first covered El Caminante because neither neither Troy or I had ever seen it. We get it, we go through it, and both of us felt the same way, which is this is the this is the film that could have turned his entire career into something huge. Mm-hmm. This is a Criterion level film. Right this is now. the kind of thing that would be released by them. That 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 in the uh, one two punch of uh, Frenchman's Garden. And this one. I'm dying to see that. It's really good. I've seen it, but I want to see it. I want to see it, yes. I want somebody (laughs) to get their hands on that movie and do 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 what Mondo did with uh, El Caminante. Even if you have to retitle it or give it a, give it a slightly different title like they yeah. did, um, we'll figure put it out, out what it is. Yeah, it's it's all right because once you watch the movie, I mean, it's just a damn solid drama, man. It's really good. That's the thing about Nash. Except in comedy. <laughs> yes. He's not a one-trick pony. He's not no. a boogeyman. No. My wife, she doesn't watch the films with me but she did watch The Man Who Saw Frankenstein Cry with me because I wanted her to understand let's call it what it is my obsession with this guy and by the end of it she had tears running down her face because what he went through the the things that happened to him he could have given up a dozen times the amount of times he got screwed the amount of times that 
tragedy struck. Yeah. The deaths, the deaths he went through in the '80s alone would have broken almost anybody. Oh, I, I would just lay down and cry. His his best friend, his father. I mean, within just a couple of years of each other, that I mean, that had to be that had to be gut punching. Just, uh, it, it's terrible. And then a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And then you know his career just shriveling up. It, it's just, it's I mean, it's terrible to think about. He. he he bore, he bore it and he got through, though, thank God. Or we wouldn't have had that resurgence in the early 2000s. We wouldn't have Rojo Sangre. Let's put it that way. Thankfully, we do. Thankfully, yeah, exactly. Thankfully, I, we have Rojo I Sangre. I wish that was his last. Well, it, it's, it's like... It kind uh, of really is when you think about it. Well, it's like... Uh, it's, it's like I always say. It's like uh, everybody wishes Targets was Karloff's last film. Yeah. You know, every, every, everybody does. Because that is a high point to go out on. And that's, you know, Rojo Sangre for him as well. I mean, that's what that is. But... It's all there, yeah. We, and we get, and we get to, thank goodness, we get, we get to see it over and over whenever we want to. We don't have to, we don't have to worry that it's going to get forgotten because, as we say, we're living in a freaking resurgence of interest in Nashi. Still, there are still titles that are going to be coming out, and it's crazy. I remember when Crimson first came out. I'm like, this is the Blu-ray we get. That's the first one we get. I know it was the first one. I, it's like, son of a- I was crying, man. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Not that one. Please, God, tell me not that one. Because of course, that's the one I, you know, watched first. And life happens to be walking by, and she's like, what are you watching? Like it's Nash. She was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so I haven't converted her yet, but she's tolerant. Which, well, considering see, some of the other crap I watch, I wonder what. Uh, because I mean, for instance, uh, my, my dear lady, she she watches Nash. She comes with me. Hell, she helps me research when we when we go into doing one of the commentary tracks. She actually, she like bears in and like starts finding research material for me. So, Good woman, that Lizbeth person. <laughs> Lizbeth. <laughs> but she, uh, so she, she watches them and she enjoys them and she will tell me what she likes and what she doesn't like. And sometimes, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, oftentimes she gives me a very different perspective. And so, but the thing is, she's a monster kid. She loves horror movies. Uh, she's, she's, she's perfectly happy to sit down and watch any Bella Ghost or Boris Karloff film you want to throw in. She'll watch it. So it's not a stretch for her. Right. So, as Troy and I have always talked about throughout the years of the show, which is, well, like, you know, which film would you present to a, a newcomer, somebody who's mm-hmm. never seen this stuff, to hook them? And it's, and it's different if they're already a horror fan. Yeah. If they're already a horror fan, you, it's a little easier, man, because it's like, okay, well, let's see what their tastes are. He's a vampire. Are. You yeah. deal with that. Yeah. You got your vampire, you got your werewolf, you got your various and sundry weird monsters. We can deal with it. But when it's someone who's not really interested in it, it's like, well... Then you start going, well, maybe we gauge it as to whether they would respond well to El Comandante or the Frenchman's Garden, right? Maybe. Or maybe, right on the edge, you start thinking, well, maybe something like, I don't know, people who own the dark? Because that's kind of a gateway thing because it's, 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 got enough of, uh, it's got enough pieces from different things where, and it's a really interesting little mystery that carries you through. Got punched at the end, man. Great, uh, yes, one of the great endings. I'm of blanking Spanish on horror. his name, but he's incredible. Oh, the lead actor? Yeah, the I, guy who I thought was Nashy. <laughs> God, I'm blanking on his name as well. Oh my God. Anyway, yes. anyhow, but it's but, funny how he turns up years later. Like, oh, that's the guy. That's the same guy. And he's Which really even good. like, yeah. like you didn't recognize him with the beard and all that. And uh, I didn't know until after. The 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 the. Uh, 
there's some frustrations trying to find out some of the smaller roles in a lot of these films. Holy shit! Thank God some of the books that have gotten written where they they've been able to like you know do interviews with some of these people. Go, oh yeah, he he played this part and he but he was using a different uh, he was going under a different name. That's why you're not that's why you're not, not finding this. It's like oh thank goodness you know if we didn't have if we didn't have connections if we didn't have connections to some of these people and they, they were willing to give interviews still thank goodness. Uh, that's why to this day, if if we could ever 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 get somebody to coax. Uh, Julia Sally into doing an interview, looking over her career. Right. Uh, I mean, I I understand she, you know, clearly, she's just not interested. But I was like, oh please, just for posterity, please, let's get your thoughts on this stuff down. Write it down and do something. Put it somewhere. Yeah, if you don't book. want to be around. Yeah, write a book. Posthumous. <laughs> yeah, write a book, man. I, I mean, know. live forever, but. Oh, right. Yes, please. Oh, please, that would be wonderful. Yeah. But it's like when um, when you see people like um, some of the some, some of the the actresses who had really, really uh, large careers for uh, a long stretch of a long stretch of time there, that are still around. Luckily, you know, like Lone Fleming, she she gives interviews, she she's talks, sweetheart. she's she, she's more than willing to go into detail and tell you everything she remembers. And see, that's what I want from all of them. Though. Right. I want what Lone does, which is she's on Facebook. She'll friend you. She'll talk to you about yeah. it. I mean, literally, while, you can message Lone her. and I. I don't understand how it started, but a few years back. I didn't start it because it would have been weird if I started it. But you know that <laughs> poke on Facebook? Yep, yep, yep. So she would poke. I mean, she thinks I'm somebody else. She would poke me, so I would poke back. And she would do it twice, so I would do it twice. <laughs> and it got up to uh, 17. It was ridiculous. Back and forth over, like, a year period. So point. I should ask Elaine if she thinks I'm somebody else. But anyhow. you should Honestly, you should just... You should just write to her and say, "Hey, I've been I've been afraid I've been afraid to to, to to type this out, but I'm I'm of course a huge fan, and I just want to thank you for your work." Yeah, oh, trust I've me. Done that. Trust me. Yeah, she, she'll she'll write. Well, then there you go. Maybe she'll she write saw, back. She'll talk. Who knows? You know, well, maybe you don't realize. But for whatever reason, I usually don't have my face as my Facebook oh, icon. So yeah. maybe she thinks I'm George Romero or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh man, that's terrible. So, um, let me do one more for you. Sure, one more fine. If you were to ask me what Nashi movie I would watch the most, ah, okay, what would yeah. you think it would be? Now, I'm not saying it's my favorite or one of my favorites, but oh, I'm 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 almost leaping to one that is not a favorite of mine, but that a lot of people watch a lot. Fury of the Wolfman. Yes, oh God! Sir. Really, Fury the Wolfman? I'm not. I'm just saying. I want. Maybe I'm looking for therapy here. Why do I watch that damn movie so much? There was okay. a weekend. I swear to you, I've got. Thank you, Dan. I've got like three different versions of it. Right. And I watched them all. I was in a mood. I have a theory on Fury the Wolfman. On why? People... Am I like seeing a different movie? <laughs> Am I filling in blanks? Here's the, the movie. You're close to one of my ideas on on why there's a fascination with a lot of Nashi fans with that film. There are a couple of there are a couple of little things that um, that play into it. One, Fear of the Wolfman is one of the few Nashi films that was readily available because it kind of was a public domain thing. So it would pop up on uh, VHS labels and early DVD labels. So it's if you knew a Nashi werewolf film, it, that this was something that would turn up in a dollar bin. Okay. For so, a while, I was. Really should say this. I was buying different covers of it. Really? 
because they're cheap. Well, that's my point. If they're a dollar, it doesn't matter. For a while, it was like, let's try to build this shelf up. So got one like... Right. Like, there's three movies on one. And it's just like... Yeah. And then I was like, this this is sick. I finally got rid of them. But anyhow... Well, I think but that's a good point. Well, that, that's one there. right there. So it's out there, and it's been it's been available. Whether you know whether they were decent looking copies or not doesn't matter. It's there, right? Mm-hmm. So there is the fact that built within the bizarre, fucked up structure <laughs> of that movie, that one of the things that will draw you into it is trying to figure it out. Okay, something there's something about that movie that for a large number of people. It doesn't push them away. The screwed up nature of it doesn't push them away. It sucks them in. Yeah. Okay. Why is that? I don't know. You watch a movie and you're like, if half of the crap that happens in Fury of the Wolf may happen in the movie, I turn it off. It's because it's nice. I got, I it's got better things to watch. Even if I don't, why am I watching this? Yes, I could exactly. be taking a nap or eat the pizza. What, what am I doing? It, it, but it, exactly, it's nuts, and it's and it's that aspect of it where there are all these bizarre dangling threads that nobody even bothers to touch a second time, and it's just I think part of it is your first, second, or even third time through, you're going, that's surely somebody said something about the freaking living plants, right? The like plants yeah. that are grabbing at them. Somebody, but nobody ever says it. No. Nobody says anything. No. no. And then the, it really does look like one of those hooks that they pull somebody off stage with. Yeah, I don't know Up if you pointed that yeah. or something. It's insane. Oh, probably Troy. Oh God! And then the dubbing, which is nuts. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's so. I, I tell, tell you what, if this movie came out in a good version, like it's supposed and, to, and it's supposed to, I probably won't like it. Now, see, I don't know because as much anyway. Let me put it to you this way: I love having a crystal clear Plan Nine from outer space. I do. I don't have that I have a DVD but anyhow I understand no, no, no. We that, all have our... but that's what I have as well Okay, it's crystal clear yeah. it is sharp I can see all the detail I can see things that we all know we weren't supposed to see but it makes me like it more yeah, yeah. I wonder I wonder if with that film as frustrating and, and just maddening as it can be I do I can't wait for the Blu-ray just because A gives me a chance to reevaluate hey hey, hey look this is, this, is good. this is gonna look better than the last time I saw it so therefore, I'm going to be able to see more detail. I'm going to be able to see, uh, hopefully, uh, a little better framing because some of the, a, yeah. lo- a lot of them are very poorly framed. So I'm thinking, okay, hey, this is a chance to reevaluate this thing. I can't wait. But there's a part of me that almost hopes it's just as screwed up. Just it's polished. <laughs> it's you know, a polished it just turn. Be- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just looks great and uh-huh. is still the most screwed up thing. Because the, the story is going to be the same. Yeah, we're not going to yeah, discover not gonna 15 get, minutes of lost yeah, footage that's going to clear it all up for the you. Dialogue's not going to be any less in nuts, and so hey, I, I, I know I know I know what I'm going to be getting, but I'm hoping for I'll the be best there first day. Yeah, I'll be, uh, believe me, hell? believe me. As soon as soon as it's available, I'll be. Yeah, I'm, I'm not bye, screwing bye, around. Bye, bye. I'm not screwing around because I'm not going to get. Shut let's, out. See, let's see. that's just it. Right now, we're waiting for. Um, Fury of the Wolfman, mm-hmm. which I'm actually excited to reevaluate. Oh. One of my favorite of Nash's films, The Mummy's Revenge. Which I've only seen in a... I, and I, I, I love it. I love Don't the, get me I wrong, love the but film. I can't wait to see that. And so so that one, we're waiting on that one. And we're waiting on Assignment Terror, which is like in between those two, in my opinion. Because I think Mummy's Revenge is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And we the, know. Huh? We know. Yeah, yeah believe me. I've, I've made no secret of this for years. But 
I can't wait to have those on Blu-ray because, like I say, the the one the one that I absolutely love, it, it will give me a chance to see it in the best possible way. Time, I hope. Probably. Yeah, there's some stuff that, that that will be that may well be clear for the first time on a good video print. It's a whole different area, but I remember when Burial Ground came out. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's a steaming pile of garbage. It's but terrible. There's that. long stretches where tape traders, you know, yeah. ten minutes of black. What the hell is going on? Because it's film dark, and there's the print. The print was awful. So way too dark. So. Yeah, I yes. don't care if I sound the way I sound, but god damn it. If you're into this stuff now, you are lucky. Very lucky. You we are lucky. Robert Monell and I were talking about that on the Bloody Pit, where it's like, this is the best time to be into this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because we may look nostalgically back at the chase of, of, of hunting things down and, and like doing tape trading and looking looking at ads in, in, in psychotronic magazine and things like that. Yeah, we that, that was a, a thing and it kind of sharpened your desire for this stuff. But now I gladly I would have gladly traded that oh, for yeah, the yeah. ability to get my hands on all this now, stuff. If you knew that or whatever yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, I would have traded it. Of course, of course. I remember going to conventions in New Jersey, Chiller Theater where Tables and tables of shit you never heard of. Right. And you would just be like, gimme, 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 because it was all new to me. Right. I slowly have replaced 95% of it. And I still have a few that I haven't, but I do miss the chase. I do miss the chase, the thrill of the, like we could walk around in this dealer room, which is fantastic. Right. But we're at the point in our lives and our collections where there's not much for us to find. No. That's why we're rebuying a lot of this stuff. In better editions with with new fresh extras and commentary tracks and interviews and those are the things that now will entice me to pick something up. That's what's going to make me want it. God help me, I almost bought at the Severn Table Zombie 3 and 4 this weekend. I pre-ordered them when they came out, so I have them already. <laughs> in fact, before I leave, I might go back. Hey, honestly, the price—it's got the soundtracks. The, in that's them, just so. it. Okay, the the price they're offering. Go ahead and do it, man. Come on, if you want them, and if, if there's any that inkling in the back of your mind that you're going to regret not having done it because they're sitting right there and the price they're offering you're is so devil. good. But it's true. I you know, know it's you're true. Gonna regret it. You know it. <laughs> Oh, that's the best thing about coming to a place like this. You're surrounded by the same mental illness. (laughs) I put on Facebook the other night, it's like going home, but I've never been here. It's like going home to a nut house. Yeah. Yes. House of psychotic collectors. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Everybody has their own special special desires, and uh, all are, all are welcome, man. <laughs> all are welcome. One of us. One of us. Precisely. Oh, uh, well, Mike, I, I can't thank you enough for sitting down and talking to me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it really has. When 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 you told me you were going to be here, I was I was excited. I'm like, well, this is cool. It's another person that I finally get to you know we finally get to actually like shake hands. And, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I've known you for a long time, but it's different. It's real now somehow (laughs) I want to thank you again man for doing this thank you for everything you've exposed me to that doesn't sound (laughs) sound right right. (laughs) I, I would say you're welcome but it would sound even worse
Nah, you're welcome. Okay. And thank you for doing this, bro. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Hello, and welcome to a commercial for Hello, This is the Doom Show. I'm Richard. I'm Brad. And on the podcast that is known as Hello, This is the Doom Show, we talk about Giallo movies, slasher movies, horror movies. We're going to interview Cary Grant live in the studio. We're going to interview Lucio Fulci in the studio, folks. We're going to put Cary Grant in the studio with Lucio Fulci. It's the interview you never thought would happen. I'm going to wear my Vincent Price slacks. I'm going to wear my Citizen Kane wristwatch and monocle. And now Brad is going to recite the Pledge of Allegiance in Portuguese. Brad, go. I don't have Portuguese. Go! Go! Stop hitting me! You're a natural actor. Yeah. Uh, You can listen to us at hellodoomedshow.podomatic.com or you can find the archive at doomedmoviethon.com. All right, interesting talk. Interesting talk. I enjoyed that very much. Were you as surprised as I was when he named Vengeance of the Zombies? I was. That was that was cool to hear. Uh, yeah, not as surprised if he had said Crimson or something like that. You know, but <laughs> but but I think we both kind of rated Vengeance of the Zombies as more of a mid level Nashy film. There's things to like about it. Certainly, cast to like about it. I mean, it's yeah. got a great cast of the Nashy favorites in there. But uh, but yeah, that was uh, it's not one you normally hear on on people's top ten. And it was interesting to hear him um, kind of semi-defending his love of Fury of the Wolfman, which I kind of understand because a mm. lot of Nashy fans have that that affection for that yeah. movie because for a long time that was the one that was, for a lot of mm. people in the states that was the first one they saw. Absolutely, yeah. So it, it, it makes it makes a good deal of sense. But uh, oh man, I'm hoping that we get the chance to to mm. talk to more people and to interview mm. more uh, Nashy fans. Uh, if 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 I had more gumption, I would try to do more every time I'm at a convention. Mm-hmm. Just like line up yeah. people to sit down and talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it really only occurs to me in the summers yeah. when I go to Monster Bash. When yeah. I'm thinking, hey, I know who's going to be there. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people there, and we're all going to be thinking about monster movies. So, yeah. <laughs> well, once again, we want to remind everybody the Nashy Blu-rays are a coming. Um, keep your eyes peeled. Go out there, order them when they're available. Because hey, otherwise. They might be gone. Mm-hmm. We'd also like to remind you that next month we'll be back here on the Nashy Cast, actually covering another Nashy film. Yes, we only get uh, a few of them now. We've covered yeah. we've covered all the biggies, and mm-hmm. we have finally gotten our hands on uh, the Passengers, which is uh, an odd little mm-hmm. uh, an odd little film from 1975 that Nashy uh, starred in and has many costume changes in. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. we can't promise it's a good film, but we now can. That, that promise... means Mike's gonna love it because he said he, he said he loves <laughs> Nashy playing many characters. I don't know about that. We'll see, Mike. We'll see if this is one that you... we'll see if this one's up your alley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but this is. Uh, yeah. So next month we'll be talking about a new Nash. Well, not a new Nash film. It's from 1975, yeah. but it's new, new to, to us. us. We've never seen it. We have no idea what to expect. We don't know how much Nashy's in it. He's certainly top build, and so yeah. we're going to keep our fingers crossed mm-hmm. and hope for the best. Yes. So uh, I am Rod Barnett. I'm Troy Gwynn, and we will talk to you next month.
stop by. Yeah.